Hi, everybody. Today, we're going to be speaking with Hilton Burke. He's going to be speaking about the difference between uh, having an open mindset and a closed mindset and what that means for you in the sales world. He's also going to talk about how as a new sales manager to come into a company with existing salespeople and how to help make that transition easy for them and for you. And a lot of other helps and tips and tricks to succeed as a sales manager in the early stage world. And as we're here, I wanted to talk about if you're an early stage startup and you need help building out your sales processes or defining your sales cycle to even hiring and building your first team, you can reach out to us at startupsales.io. That's startupsales.io. And this is what we do. We help companies do that. So let's get into today's episode with Hilton. It's really insightful and a lot to learn. Startup Sales is a podcast about what it's really like to get a business off the ground. We talk with founders, CEOs, and sales VPs from the high-tech market. You'll learn how to build and scale a sales team. You'll also hear about the growth challenges and tough decisions from others who have had both successes and failures. And now, your host of the Startup Sales Podcast, Adam Springer. Hilton, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Great. So uh, let's give a little bit of background on, on you and uh, where you're working today and what kind of product you're selling. Sure. So I'll give you a quick background of where I'm from. So I started off at LivePerson about 17 years ago in a SaaS space. I was doing online sales. I then moved on to do inside sales. And after that, I was there for five and a half years. Um, after that, I moved on to a company called Clicktail. Uh, where I uh, built and managed a SMB team. I was there for four years. I started off, I was number 20 in the company. We had one inside salesperson and I managed to grow that team to about 23 people when I left. After that, I uh, had my own startup for about four years. I was working at a company called Mazebolt. And from there, I left uh, to a company called WalkMe. I was there for a year, Set up the local sales team, RBP Sales uh, in Israel. And now I'm at a company called Incredibled, um, the AVP sales here at Incredibled. Right. What's Incredibled? Excellent. So, Incredibled, <laughs> good question. So, Incredibled is a developer, uh, it's a tool for developers, a platform for developers to help accelerate their compilation time. So, their whole development time we can help accelerate. Uh, in fact, we've seen acceleration up to about 90%. Uh, so, you're selling to uh, technical people on this? this role. Exactly. So all the technical folks to the DevOps folks, to R&D managers, and anyway, build managers, anyone in that kind of area. Okay. What does your sales process look like today? So we have an inbound funnel. We get a lot of inbound uh, leads coming from our marketing team. We recently built a SDR team. So we've got new folks on the SDR team. So we have about two or three SDRs on the team. And we've got about five sales folks and we're doing global sales. Okay. So two to three SDR for five sales. Correct. Correct. How did you come up with that ratio? So right now the SDR is pretty new. So we found out that the inside sales from the very beginning, they were actually doing the sales process themselves from the beginning, qualifying. They were actually doing the SDR part themselves. And then we decided we wanted to add in another step to qualify those leads before they actually get to the salesperson. So we brought in one SDR person 
And then we realized that that person was very quickly getting overwhelmed. So we brought in another SDR person. Um, and now we have a manager and two SDR folks. And as soon as it's basically based on the amount of leads that they're getting. And if they have, let's say, over 300 leads that they're dealing with at any time, then I think we need uh, more folks. Okay. How does it work? Uh, at what stage do they hand off, hand off a lead to the sale account executives? Okay, so what we do is we use a uh, process called ANUM, Authority, Need, Urgency, and Money. A lot of people are familiar with the uh, good old band, so it's pretty similar to that. But once they qualify that there's uh, that they're speaking with someone who's relevant, that there's a need for our software, there's a time frame in place. As soon as they have those three criteria, then they pass that on to the salesperson. Now the salesperson will then deal with the budget side, the monetary side, and take them through the whole sales process, um, explaining to them about the, pro uh, the the product, a little bit about the product, and talk to them about what their requirements are. Okay. And is this the same kind of setup that you would use at some of your other companies previously? <laughs> so it's a good question. I think the Israeli sales culture is pretty similar. So if you look at the, the previous companies that I was at, they all started off with the inside sales team. I think LivePerson was actually one of the founders and one of the pioneers in Israel of inside sales. And then you see a lot of other companies uh, like SciSense, WalkMe, everybody else using that inside sales model to start off with the small business. Once you grow into enterprise, then it becomes a little bit more face-to-face -face sales. So a lot of the companies are using the inside sales. And then when it becomes, when you start getting to the enterprise level, you start adding in that SDR tier when you want to qualify a lot of that noise away. Now, when you say enterprise level, do you mean enterprise companies or is there like a certain threshold that you're talking about? I think enterprise companies. So we're talking about like, it depends on which, um, which company you're talking about. Uh, I know in LifePerson, some of the qualification criteria was based on the amount of employees that there are in the organization. Some other companies use uh, the Fortune 500 companies. They call those enterprises. And in fact, in other companies, we also had strategic companies. Those strategic companies were more like the Fortune 50, and you had people dealing with one or two of those accounts. Okay. So what's one of the biggest challenges that your, your team currently is facing? So I think the biggest challenge, and it's not only with this team, I think it's in the last couple of companies that I've seen uh, in the past, it's change management, is dealing with the changes. So when companies grow, growth comes with changes. So in the very beginning, you're dealing with small businesses, you throw out the net, uh, you catch as many, as many leads as you can, you speak to everyone and anyone, and then slowly but surely you want to refine it and change your sales into a, from a bottom up, sorry, from a bottom up to a top down. Okay. And that's basically from small business to enterprise. And it's very difficult for salespeople who have been in the organization for a couple of years to embrace those changes. Those are some of the biggest challenges that some of the leaders in sales, especially in Israel, are seeing today. Okay. So how do you help those uh, account executives make that change in transit and make that transition? So I think a lot of the time when you see, when you talk about salespeople, uh, especially in Israel, they've been in the organization for I don't know, a couple of years, the ones that the, the seasoned salespeople, those are the folks that are very uh, resistant to change. So you want to grow them not into just salespeople of their product, but to become a professional salesperson, sort of learn new sales methodologies 
and coach them into becoming better salespeople and try and get them to embrace change by doing so. And how do you do that? I think number one, giving them the tools and coaching and training on different uh, methodologies, bringing in external trainers. Number two, giving them new tools to use new sales tools. So for example, here, we just recently used Outreach. We really, really love Outreach. Outreach is phenomenal. You know, we've, we've only had it for a couple of weeks and we're already seeing results with it. So new tools, new processes, new methodologies, those are the things that you can help um, salespeople with getting to their numbers. Now, you said that uh, at the beginning of a company, you were wanting to speak to everyone. Why is that? Why do you want to speak to everyone and not start qualifying them more strictly from the beginning? So I think that's also about refining your sales process, right? So when you're speaking to everybody, you're understanding who is the persona, who's the right people you need to be speaking with. So you can't identify it that at the beginning. You think, okay, maybe I should be speaking with R&D, VP R&D, but you should actually be only speaking to a basic developer at the beginning to get them hooked to the project and then push that up to senior level. These are the kind of that. These are the reasons why I think we need to uh, reach out to everybody in the beginning, so you can find and refine your your sales process. Who you need to speak to, who are the right people you need to speak to. Refine your pitch. Which pitches for the right people? Yeah. All right. You mentioned uh, one of the tools that you're using, outreach. Uh, I I have to say I, I love using them and I use them with all my clients as well. What other tools are you using to help with the sales process? Um, obviously, Salesforce. Salesforce is um, one of the major tools that we use. We use uh, LinkedIn Navigator. Uh, LinkedIn is great. We use Lucia um, for SDR, SDR process, helping find um, the right details of, of the end users. Those are the main tools, I would say, that we're using right now. And the sales, the account executives are using Outreach as well or only your SDRs? So the account executives are using outreach as well, mainly, mm-hmm. uh, mainly for phone calls. Now, I think the one thing with outreach is you can call prospects in different countries and use uh, local numbers. So that we saw an increase already in the answer rate. Also, you can actually see the amount of people that are responding to you. You can see the percentage of uh, responses you get from your emails. You can tweak your emails with your response rate. That's a very powerful tool. Yeah. I mean, this is going to turn into a sales pitch for outreach. But, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I use them uh, or I have my account executives use them for follow-up campaigns as well. So like if I'm already talking with a client and then I could just send them the email, but also have it send a, automatically send a follow-up if the emails don't come, like if they don't reply. So it really uh, helps execute my, keep my profile keeps my pipeline going and uh, moving forward. <laughs> Amazing. And you know what What else is pretty exciting? And I'm not going to say about Outreach specific. There's other tools that do it as well. Is that every time somebody opens up an email or clicks on a link, you get that pop-up, those desktop notifications. So as soon as you get that desktop notification, you can pick up the phone and say, hey, Bob, been trying to reach you for ages. How's it going? Yeah. Oh, look at the timing. It's perfect. I was just looking at your email. What a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As a sales leader, what has been your biggest challenge and how have you over- overcome it? So I think, again, I'm going to go back to the change management part. It's the old dog, new tricks and trying to bring into organizations and to salespeople new ideas. You know, salespeople, as you know, I've got, a, a, got huge egos, right? And if you tell them you need to do something new, you need to do it this way, 
they're very cautious in the beginning and they're like, no, we know what we'll be doing. It's working. We, we don't want to do anything else. But you need to slowly introduce that to them. You need to slowly introduce these tools and these processes. And I think, you know, working with salespeople to change their mindset in to become more open-minded about using new tools, using new products, using new methodologies, it's a big challenge, but it's it, it takes time. And um, once they see results, they start uh, they start embracing it. I always use the analogy for myself and my my way of operating is like I'm like a big uh, cruise ship or a big tanker ship. It takes a long time for me to t- change direction, but once I do, I'm I'm going straight for it. It's hard to stop me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a good saying I heard the other day is change is hard, but resisting change is a lot harder. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> All right. What has been one of the the biggest failing points for new salespeople that you've found? So one of the funny things, you know, at Clicktail, I used to take people with not so much experience in sales in the very beginning, um, not so much SaaS sales experience. They might have had a little bit of sales experience here and there, but not so much SaaS sales. And one of the biggest challenges that I had was actually using some of the different technologies. So some of the people used to just get caught up in Salesforce, for example, and not know how to create the leads. And you have to go over and over again. They would just get caught up in different areas of Salesforce and not know how to use it. Again, it's embracing that technology and using new technologies. What improvement, what's uh, kind of improvements do you suggest for them that would help them with this? So it's very difficult because sometimes, you know, those people weren't able to adapt to, to using, uh, using those technologies, but I would have to sit and we would have playbooks to show them how to use those technologies. And in fact, in my last company, walk me, it actually guides you and helps you. Go <laughs> they use step. their own product. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Use their own, their own dog food. But that would help you understand and show you exactly how to use um, products. But creating a sales playbook was something that helped me a lot um, in Clicktail by showing them exactly what is a lead, what's an opportunity, how to use it, what are the fields, etc. Uh, so you've actually gone through and defined everything and, and made it like a, a McDonald's manual on how to operate Salesforce and any other tool. Painful process, but uh, yes, had to do it because um, if you don't do it, then you find people getting into difficulties. <laughs> what happens if somebody uh, just can't get the technology side down? Um, then it was probably not the right hire in the beginning. <laughs> you know, we, I mean, if you try and try and try again and they're not grasping the technology, then it's probably not the right fit. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about that hiring process then. <laughs> what are some of the important things that you look for when hiring? So hiring is very challenging. So especially here in the Israeli market, one of the main things that people look for today is okay, it's got to be an English English mother tongue speaker. So that's number one. Number two is experience. If they've had some experience in that field, in that area before, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for a vast experience, but maybe one or two years so that they at least know the ropes. And I'm also looking for grit. I want to see if these guys are asking questions in the interview. They want to, they, they show interest. They're excited. They're competitive. Those are kind right. of areas that I look for. So when you say experience in the field, you mean experience in, in, as a salesperson or experience in that market? So that's a very, very good question. I think sales over industry is more important. 
Because if they've got the sales experience, a good salesperson, you can mold them into any uh, any different industry. Yeah. I've had a lot of people tell me that when, one of the things that they look for is success in different verticals of sales. So that that's a, one of the biggest indicators of future success in in sales is if they've done it before in different verticals. Right, right. Is there anything else that you're looking for in the, the interview process? Yeah, I also think sometimes I ask for presentations. So sometimes I ask them to do a quick presentation, even sometimes about my own product. Um, so I like to ask them, can you just tell me how you've researched um, Incredible? What do you think about Incredible? What does it mean to you? And at least I can understand if they did some research before the interview as well. Yeah, I find that really important. I, I always like to ask also questions about me uh, to see if they even looked me up on LinkedIn. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a disqualifier, but it's a, it's a huge plus if they actually took the time to, to look at me and who I am. Right, right, right. It's, uh, it's, it, that's a good salesperson. That's basically qualifying. They're qualifying to see who you are, what you're about, what they can discuss with you, what you have in common. Yeah. One of the things I, I did uh, is I put out a post of my, my favorite books for 2018. And I had in that post uh, on LinkedIn, my favorite book. And so during the, during the interview process uh, with the candidates, I would ask them, what's my favorite book? Like it, to come back the, for the next interview, I said, I want to know what my favorite book is. And you have to figure it out how to find that. Like I'm not, it's not something well, that's like tagged on the font. It was only a LinkedIn post, but it was only like, you know, a couple of days old. So there's not that much history. But uh, people well, found it. And, and what was all the results you got? No, every, everybody found it. So uh, at least oh, my nice. pre-screening was good enough. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. What's something that you do differently as a, as a leader, as a manager that makes you better than the rest? <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's about the human element, right? It's, you're dealing with salespeople. At the end of the day, they're humans. It's also about understanding them. So it's balancing um, the discipline and how can I say it, being human. So, you know, you need to listen to your salespeople. You need to get feedback from them. You need to understand what's working, what's not working, not to go into the whining area, but just to understand exactly how you can make improvements. These guys are the front line. So the more you listen to them, the more feedback you get, you can actually change and improve your sales process. So how do you do that? Where do you draw the line between whining and uh, real feedback? <laughs> so I think real feedback comes from something within the process. If something's not working within the process and, it and it's repeating itself, uh, that's not whining. But if somebody's coming to you whining about what other people have, what they do, why is it like this, why is it like that, that's where it comes into whining. Um, and if, if they keep coming to you with the same things about other people, uh, that's problematic. So what do you what do you do in a case like that? So you got to put your foot down and say, okay, there's you know there's some places where you're right, and I hear you, I understand, but at this point, rather focus on your stuff, not on what other people are doing. And if it continues, some people get into that spot downward spiral and they just can't get out of it. Uh, that's problematic. <laughs> Look, salespeople are always, always they like talking, right? So. The more they become heard, they think, okay, if you can, if, if I keep saying the same thing, he's eventually going to hear me. But with me, it's not like that. If you come to me with the same thing and it's, and I've told you that it's not happening, it's just not happening. I've told you once, I've told you twice, don't come to me again with that same thing. Yeah. So you have to put your foot down at some point. <laughs> Definitely. All right. What's your favorite sales or leadership book? 
old school. I like uh, spin sales. That's kind of what was um, I learned at Life Person a long, long time ago, and it still continued with me. Uh, today, I'm reading a book called Mindset, um, which is pretty interesting. It's talking about the fixed mindset opposed to the growth mindset, and it's very interesting. Explain further. So you have people with a fixed mindset that think like specifically in one direction that nothing can change. This is how it is. And they're not willing to change. But you have people with a growth mindset that think out of the box and they want to change stuff and they want to embrace, embrace the change and they want to grow. That's kind of the growth mindset. And what is it talking about? Like one, one side is bad, one side is good or how to work with each side or kind of how to work with each side and what each sides are. It's not exactly saying one side's bad, one side's not bad, because there there are both sides in it, right? But you want to try and push people down that growth mindset, but it, it talks about the, the benefits of both sides. That's interesting. In your in your experience or from your experience, have you found that salespeople, successful salespeople, are typically the open mindset or the closed mindset? <laughs> I'm laughing because it's a good question because it comes back again to that change management, right? So with salespeople, the good salespeople, they stick, they find their mantra, they find their exact process, they stick to it, and it works like a charm. When you take them out the box and they change a little bit, they get thrown off course. So it's very difficult for them to adapt to new things. Once they do, they start seeing changes. Once they make like a sale and once they see something's working, they start adapting to that. So the old people, it's really the old, when I say old people, I mean the mature salespeople, it takes them a, a longer time to adapt to changes. Nice save. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What one piece of advice do you have for anybody that's going to be a, a new sales manager? I think uh, one of the things... I think I've taken this whole conversation to this embrace changes part, so I'm going to stick on that. And that's help your help your new sales and your old sales uh, folks embrace the changes to grow. I think that also refers to anybody in the company, not just uh, the salespeople. Exactly. The, the the owners, the founders, the other departments, they all need to help to embrace the change. Exactly. Because if you think about founders in a growing company, your founders are very uh, hands-on in the very in, in the beginning. And then when the company grows, uh, they have to start letting go and, uh, and delegating along the way. So yes, throughout the organization. Excellent. Hilton, thanks for coming with us today. How could people uh, reach out to you? Great. Uh, thanks very much for having me. Um, people can reach out to me on my LinkedIn account, Hilton Burke. Feel free to uh, reach out to me there. Great. Hilton, thanks for everything. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Startup Sales with Adam Springer. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Contact Adam about speaking engagements or consulting services at adam at startupsales.io.